Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Wow, is it really possible? It's like the holiday rush is over, New Year's here. I was just getting used to writing 2019 on stuff, and here we go, it's 2020. Now, that means it's time for a new year, new excitement, and of course, time for a sort of state of the tent report for you to, to go over. Sort of an annual tradition here. Um, okay, it may turn into a little bit of a mini rant here from time to time, but I hope it updates you on some stuff that we're doing, gets you fired up for 2020, lets you know what we're up to and uh, where, we're, where we're headed. So with every new year comes new opportunities, new ideas, and new focuses, uh, or a new focus. I don't know if the plural is focus is focuses. <laughs> anyway, all that cliche stuff. And as we move into this new year, my mind's constantly awash with new and admittedly weird ideas for unusual aquariums. Not just for the sake of being different, mind you. Rather, in an attempt to replicate unusual and perhaps underappreciated features that you see in the wild aquatic habitats of the world. There's so much out there that study and replicate in our aquariums, it's not even funny. Not just to diorama up to win a biotope aquarium contest or whatever, but to replicate the form and function of these unique habitats, to study them in the long run in an aquarium to understand why they formed, how they operate, and what sort of unique characteristics they possess, which makes them home to the fishes that we love so much. Yeah, that's where we're headed in 2020 for sure. I feel like I have this duty to sort of expose the aquarium world to these unusual aspects of nature because they might lead to some unlocks about aspects of the aquatic world that will create these beneficial outcomes for our captive fishes too, not just because they're weird. In fact, all these, not all these things are weird. Um, some are simply ideas that haven't been played out in the confines of an aquarium for whatever reason. And these ideas are often overlooked. These ideas are cool. Uh, cool because they force us to look at nature in a different way. Cool because they make us consider not only the appearance, but wait for it, the function of these features. Some may be really hard to replicate in the confines of the aquarium. Others may ultimately turn out to be simply not all that exciting, perhaps more trouble than they're worth, although I doubt it. I think that most of these ideas are going to yield some insights into nature, pushing us along in the evolution of aquarium keeping. And it's time to breathe life into these ideas. Time to encourage the hobby to push the boundaries back a bit further. Actually, a lot further. It's time. And sure, because it's cool. (laughs) Literally, our mantra in 2020, as I articulated to our team, Uh, in a meeting I had recently was do cool shit. And that's kind of what we're going to do, both as a company, as a movement, as hobbyists. And as the world, you know, turns a more interested eye towards tanks with water in them, that's not crystal clear, blue, white. uh, We at Tannen have an obligation to sort of share new ideas to keep pushing this boundary forward. We can't just be content to popularize the idea of playing with botanicals or black water or brackish aquariums or whatever. So yeah, we're going to push out a little bit further. In 2020, we're going to see more representations of unusual niche habitats like, you know, vernal ponds, flooded rice paddies, blackwater mangrove thickets, muddy streams, etc., etc. We'll see more tangles of roots, more tree stumps, more sediment-encrusted branches, all sorts of stuff that we see in various natural habitats. More unusual brackish water stuff is coming, maybe even some marine aquarium work as we take our natural case to the other side of the fence or to my old stomping ground, so to speak. Detritus, bits and pieces of decomposing botanical materials, mixes of sand, sediments and leaves, aquatic plants, bark, all that kind of stuff. Oh, and we'll likely see some more work with rock, too. I'm more and more fascinated about rocky sediment and leaf-strewn habitats, how they form, what influences their water chemistry, and what fishes reside there. 
2020 just might be remembered as the year of the substrate. No, really, with all the things that are going on, it might be the year of the substrate as we're going to introduce some of those long-awaited new substrate additives and mixes and little detailed things to help you recreate some of the most interesting functionally aesthetic substrates possible. We've been working with our global suppliers to source and create some unusual botanical materials to create these really fantastic representations and interpretations of nature. Stuff that I'm 100% certain you won't be able to find anywhere else, but stuff that will really excite you vis-a-vis the work that we do with botanicals here. I can't stress enough how important I feel the aquarium version of what I like to call active substrates, you know, borrowing from our herp friends, maybe two aquariums. Um... It's an area of the hobby which I think there will be far more interesting lessons to learn and things to accomplish that are just amazing, more things than we can even imagine right now. You might see some custom design gear for the first time, and then you'll definitely see a few items that are going to make creating black water conditions a bit easier for those of us who want to breed fishes or just get the look and, and feel of, of the tanks without a lot of the, the other sideshow that we, that we play with here. And of course, we're going to see some cool artistic interpretations of botanical-influenced habitats, um, ideas that will no doubt inspire other aquarists to put a little art into the functional aesthetic game. The talent tool that we're working with right now in our, our little influencer street team is amazing. Uh, the stuff these guys are doing is so fantastic. Um, the, the men and women that are playing with the botanicals right now are doing things now casually and artistically that we couldn't even imagine a few years ago. It's pretty incredible. Well, what about the customer experience? Let's get back to Tannin, of course, and what this sort of report is about. Well, we're going to double down on what made us what we are. Attention to you, the individual consumer, as much as possible. The success of our customized products, like the Enigma Pack, has proven exactly how important this approach is to you. We'll keep working on this kind of stuff. We're going to be improving our website, our packaging, our touch points at every level to ensure that you have the best possible experiences with us. One significant thing that I've decided that we're not going to be uh, is a product in every fish store in the country. We're not going to commoditize botanicals. It's not what I ever intended to do with Tannin, and it's not how we can serve the hobbyist best. I've given this a ton of thought because we're asked so often about it. The reality is it's simply not who we are. Sure, you'll see some stuff at a few carefully vetted retailers here and there, and perhaps even some customized things, but that's about it. You know, I, I thought about this. Oh, and of course, from our British supplier, um, Blackwater UK, um, they'll continue. James over there will continue doing all the cool stuff that he does as well. And the thought of just, you know, packaging up all these botanicals and things that we've carefully sourced from around the world um, and, and just having them sit in, in a bag in a shelf somewhere among the cans of fish food or activated carbon is just more, more than I can handle mass producing what was really always intended to be a carefully curated collection of materials for hobbyists just sort of goes against what I believe in. It goes against what I started Tannin for. And I know this will disappoint some people that wanted to see this stuff all over the place. But yeah, we're likely not to be at every local fish store in the country anytime soon. And it's not because these aren't important businesses. I love the local fish store. You've seen me rant and talk about the local fish store. I encourage you to support them for everything. It's just that I can't serve every single one of them in the way that I could be proud of, in a way that I feel does justice to the brand that we've built and to the the, the personality that we built. It's hard to do that on a retail level in, in many stores. They have so many other things that are important to deal with. That a can, a, you know, a, a package of leaves sitting on the counter tends to lose something when it's out of context. So it's hard. Um, in the end. Uh, 
because I realize how I want to run Tan and how our values are, we're not going to go mass market. I have this obsession with dealing with the consumer, that being you, directly, and not becoming like a fulfillment house or the Amazon of botanicals or whatever. You know, fast shipping is really important. Filling orders is, 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 you know, important. We always try to ship your orders as quickly as possible, but we're not going to put speed over quality. And as you found out recently, sometimes because of the cyclical nature of botanical materials when they're collected, shipped, etc., and uh, other factors, weather, um, you know, shipping strikes, uh, uh, customs rules, all this kind of stuff. Sometimes it slows down the supply chain. Sometimes we're out of things. Unfortunately, sometimes we're out of things after you've ordered them, and that's my fault. I'll work on correcting inventory a lot more tightly in 2020. But it happens. We'll get a run on something, and sure enough, what I thought was a good supply is suddenly lacking. So it happens. Um, and that's another reason why I'm not going to just go crazy and, and put this stuff all over the world on every shelf because what happens is I can't, I can't supply, uh, 30 different people with the same intensity that I can just doing it here. Um, again, we're not going to put speed over quality or, or process, uh, in our many loyal customers that being you, you, I think you know this and you appreciate this. We do our best to take care of everybody and that's important. And it's a fact of life when dealing with hand curated products like we offer that the process is inefficient. It takes time. I understand sometimes orders take a little longer to fill than you'd like. And I, you know, I, I get it. And, and, uh, you know, we, we obviously always try to improve our basic order process, but it's not some clim- clinical, you know, hyper-optimized automated warehouse process. The idea of just grabbing your stuff, dumping them into bags and shipping them out in five hours or left- less is like just a soulless, spirit-crushing thing for us. It's, it lacks the passion. It lacks the commitment to the hobby and the craft and the love. Remember, it's our hobby too. I understand some people want the fast Amazon type thing. I, I say this out of love and respect for you, but then please don't do business with us because that's never what we've been about and it's not what we're going to be about. We're not going to increase our speed and fulfillment times and barcodes. And all. That's just, I can't do it that way. And that's my passionate plea to you. Being generic for the sake of efficiency or for a larger market share or whatever you want to call it just sucks. We haven't done that in the way in the past and we're not going to do it that way in the future. We're going to double down on what made you love us and what we love. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, we kind of think of Tannin as you would a small batch coffee roaster, a craft beer brewer or some other artisanal type business. And interestingly enough, every time we've succumbed to the temptation to make it some big manufacturer level mass market aquarium brand, it felt, well, felt shitty. Huge wholesale orders, generic boxes of botanicals going out. It just wasn't worth it. It was awful. We all felt really bad and strange, but that's like the culture we have here. Just felt bad. It's not who we are. And embarking on a mass market approach will simply result in Tannin being the exact opposite of what we're loved for. I hope you can appreciate that and respect our position on this. Some of you may not, but I want to at least be honest with you. Now, early in the year, it was funny. We, we talked about, you know, packaging. We, we looked in some fancy, I guess you'd call it mass market appropriate packaging. Really nice stuff. I mean, it looked really great and splashy looking. Would look awesome on a shelf in a, in a pet shop or a fish store. In the end, though, it wasn't quite where we wanted to go. It wasn't the vibe, the feel that we wanted to deliver. We're going to start over with a more unique packaging approach that fits our vibe and our aesthetic and our ethos and and all those things. We're going to stick with our temporary, I say temporary, it's been four or five years, but with the packaging we have right now, and we're going to, we're going to gradually ease into something a lot, a lot nicer. You know, it comes from realizing who we are, who we want to be, and we'll continue, we'll continue to stay true to. 
you know, you could be General Motors cranking out hundreds of thousands of vehicles annually to everybody, and, and that's cool. Or you can be Ferrari making a handful of handmade ultra cool cars every year. But we'd rather be Ferrari. I don't need to make Tannen a $20 million company. I need to make it a cool company, a trustworthy company, a friendly company, a brand, a source for unusual stuff, backed up by the one-on-one service or the personality that you've come to expect whenever possible and with information that you just won't find everywhere else. Cool. You can't scale cool the way we want to just by trying to be huge and be everywhere at once. Maybe some people can, but it's just not something that I feel I want to do. Now, one exciting thing that you will see is more work with public aquariums. It's pretty cool. We've uh, been vetted by and begun working with some of the best-known public aquariums in the world for their displays, and we'll continue to do more of that. It's really in line with our values, and it's educating and sharing the botanical aquarium movement on a whole different level. Uh, A lot more to come on this. Um, I'm not going to really go into detail now. Suffice it to say, you've heard of every one of these aquariums that uh, is using our stuff now, and it's pretty cool. And we're very excited about that. Um, the other thing too, some of you have asked if we're going to carry blah, 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 like everyone else does, or if we'll match the other guy's prices or whatever, you know, you're a little expensive on your alder cones or whatever. Now, as you've probably figured out by now, we typically don't carry items just because everybody else is doing it. And no, we don't price match or worry about whatever other aquatic company charges because we do things a certain way that we feel makes sense to our customers. And it's true to who we are and what makes economic sense to us. Again, it's one of those things that you probably aren't that interested in, or maybe you are as a, as a consumer. You have a right to know, you know, you have a right to go wherever you want to purchase what you want. But the reason why maybe we're more expensive on some things than other places or whatever is because of the investment we make into it, because of the processes that we have, because of our cost from our suppliers. We're not you know, we're buying things literally from around the world and those things incur expenses. And unfortunately, it can't just, you know, charge bottom level prices, you know, from somebody who buys their stuff, you know, domestically from some other source, third hand or whatever. I have to, you know, support our costs. That's, that's a basic function of doing businesses. But, you know, it makes sense for us. It makes sense for you. And a lot of us um, in, in the industry understand that and a lot of consumers understand that. But I just, you know, it's always nice to clarify that with you. Now, um, another thing that's kind of funny too is a lot of you will contact us now and again, having come across some other vendor who's offering up botanicals. And it's actually, it's heartwarming and I love it. A lot of you will be like, oh my God, did you see this guy? He's, he's ripping you off. He's doing... Not everybody that's selling botanicals is ripping us off. Again, we don't own the process or the, you know, manufacture this stuff or whatever. Um, and I totally appreciate these kind of tips from you. I love the caring and, and the reality though is we simply can't worry about every vendor out there who offers leaves and seed pods. I mean, or some you know fancy variety of wood that maybe we don't have. We're just doing what makes sense for you, what, what we can reproduce regularly and, and um, consistently. And not everybody likes us. Not everybody likes me or my style or what we write about. Some people think we're arrogant, we're pushy, we talk too much, whatever, or we think we're cool. You know, I'm being me and and that's all we're ever going to be is the company is going to be who we are. And that's fine because some of the, you know, things we do are different. And because of some unique circumstances, we can do things that many others simply can't sustain. This is not as easy a business as you think it is, um, as the number of people that have went into this and failed and disappeared over the years since we started um, have found out. Um, There's some things that, that, that you need to do to do it the right way. And, and it's not always the cheapest or easiest way. And, and it's not always sustainable for a lot of people. Um, 
And I know some of you like to hear about some of the inside stories of running Tannin. So here's something I'll, I'll share with you. As you might imagine, there are a few things I can't stand. I know that comes as a shock to you hearing my rants. But uh, one of the things I don't like from a business standpoint is when people try to rip off our you know, style or images or content, etc. I mean, blatant ripoff. And I've seen this. I hate cheaters in anything, as you probably are. That's the one thing I can't stand in business or otherwise. Cheating sucks. I hate it. We've seen a few attempts at this over the years. And unfortunately, we've seen a few recently. Uh, people who I've even helped out as hobbyists, even maybe hooked up over the years with free stuff for their you know, hobby work. They're going to do a video and share it with our community or do a product review or whatever. You know, And I, I would, you know, the nice guy that I was, I would say, sure, here's some stuff and send them things. And only to see these people turn into... Uh, it rapidly become uh, not a influencer or whatever they want to call themselves, but become a you know a brand, a vendor, and attempt to copy many of the aspects of Tannen as closely as, you, as they can, and it, that really sucks, right? I mean, it, it's not fun. These sort of things alternatively amuse me and they anger me. I mean, hey, ins- inspired you? I mean, that's cool. But man, can't you put your own unique spin on things? There's so many things you can do with this stuff. Can't you do a daily blog? Maybe support clubs, charities, get vetted to supply public aquariums, all the hard stuff? Or do you just sell stuff? Or do you just want to copy me and sell stuff? And I mean, good for you that you can do what you can, but please don't use our name to try to leverage your marketing opportunities or whatever you want to call them or tell people you're just like Tannin Aquatics or whatever. I've seen this a few times and it's starting to get to get me a little mad. And I... You know, don't tell people that you're us because you're not. You're you. And that's cool. Be you. In the end, these things simply push us to do better. And judging from our growth, I think you appreciate that effort. So ah, where were we? Okay, so that was a little mini rant. But I think that's something that um, I want you to know that, uh, that you know, there's a lot of opportunity. You have a lot of places you can purchase this stuff from now. And I appreciate that. I think that's great that the hobby is expanding so much. But um you know, we appreciate your support and we appreciate that you understand that we do things a certain way here and we really love that. Um, where were we? Oh, yes, shipping. We offer and we'll continue to offer free shipping on domestic orders despite like dramatic increases in shippers like USPS and FedEx and UPS have announced. Um, shipping's a huge expense for us like it is for every, you know, online vendor, but we're going to hold firm and give you free shipping. It's important to us as it is to you, and I know it's a great way to provide value for you, and it gives everybody the ability to buy a small quantity of something and you know, sample this unique stuff and maybe go bigger next time. And, or if you just need a pack of leaves or whatever, you don't have to think about $9 for shipping. It's, it's terrible. And since you asked, I wish we could do the same internationally. I've been asked a lot about that. And, you know, Some people will say, why is it so expensive? I mean, the reality is when a very small box costs us almost 40 US dollars to ship to Europe, I can't eat that. Uh, you know, when we have products with very you know, low margins, I can't lose, you know, $45 on US dollars on an order and sustain my business like that. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, I'd love to give free shipping. I really would. Uh, but it wouldn't be feasible. And we'll continue to work. You know, we're going to continue to charge a flat rate fee as reasonable as we can. And I know that that's expensive for some people. And I, and I apologize for that. And, you know, we're going to constantly work to improve that. Uh, we're working with our shippers to try to get costs and keep costs down. And, it, it you know, it'll evolve over time. Um, but it's something you should know. And, and uh, I, again, I appreciate it. And there's probably other places you can go that might be less expensive. But if you want the Tannin experience... Unfortunately, it comes with rather expensive shipping um, to uh, our international 
customers at the present time, but we'll keep working on it for you. And we'll continue to write this blog and, and produce the Tint podcast. And, you know, we're going to work on that YouTube presence this year. We're doing a few other things. I'm being pushed by people to do that. So that'll be fun. Uh, look for more exciting work with, you know, key hobby personalities. Um, uh, going to do some fun work with some big name people that you know. And, and, and I think you're going to enjoy some of the things they're doing. Um, we're going to support causes, aquarium clubs, public aquariums, educational institutions, uh, conservative groups, uh, conservation groups, whenever possible. Lots of exciting stuff, and it's a, you know, it trickles out over the course of a year, um, but it'll be fun to see. And we really appreciate, you know, all the support you've given us so far. It's been been fantastic, and to do what I do, what I love, and have that opportunity because you guys support it is great. It's really exciting. So that's a little update, a little heart-to-heart chat, a little mini rant, and it's sort of a preview of 2020. Um, I hope that uh, you're going to be as excited as we are, and I think you're going to like some of the cool things that we're going to be doing, and uh, they'll start rolling out over the coming months, and that should be a lot of fun. I-, I thank you, again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for your support, your friendship, your interest, and it simply couldn't have accomplished all that we have so far without you. You're a global community of really talented, engaged fellow hobbyists. And the lines of communication here are always open. Um, I always enjoy hearing from you. So feel free to reach out when you want. Continue to ask us questions on social media. We'll do our best to get back to them uh, as quickly as possible. Sometimes we miss a few and I apologize. But uh, again, we're not some big amalgamated company and I'm not using tons of different fancy apps to try to optimize everything. It's personal. It's, it, it's, a, it's an intentional decision to keep tannin as personal as possible no matter how big we get and believe me we're getting big now it's kind of kind of crazy but we're doing our very best to stay as personable as one-on-one as we can uh, because every one of you every one of your messages and words means so much to me um, good and bad I mean we get some criticism too and that comes with the territory and we've appreciated the opportunity to share our ideas our inspiration and share your work too so keep uh, keep out there keep working um, and uh, again, feel free to reach out anytime. Remember, the future's not just bright, it's tinted. So stay genuine, stay honest, stay bold, stay excited, stay supportive, stay creative, and always stay wet. Again, thanks for spending part of your day with me. This is Scott Feldman. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.